Hey, Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. In today's episode, I'm joined by Engage for Good president and founder, David Hesekiel, to talk about our upcoming conference, EFG 2022, our 20th anniversary conference, believe it or not, which is taking place in just two weeks in Atlanta, Georgia on May 17th through 19th. In today's episode, we'll explore what exciting things are in store for this year's conference. And spoiler alert, there's a lot of them. The top two reasons you should attend, what's different about this year's event, our new boost matching initiative, and how to make the most of your conference experience. And with that, let's get started. Well, hello, David, and welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be here. It's been a long time. I know, and I I haven't actually hosted you before, so this is a first for me. For those of our listeners who don't know you, which probably there aren't that many, but for those who don't, who the heck are you? Yes, well, I am the guy who 20 years ago started what was then called the Cause Marketing Forum and which evolved and morphed into Engage for Good, a virtual and thank goodness now, (laughs) to be physical once again, meeting places for people who have careers in which they are trying to do well by doing good, by unleashing the positive power of corporate social impact. And can you give us, you kind of alluded to, okay, we've been virtual, we may be going back in person, spoiler alert, we are. Can you give us some background on this year's event, this year's conference, and what's in store? Well, we are going to be gathering on May 17th, 18th, and 19th in Atlanta, Georgia, as opposed to, I don't know where the other Atlanta is, but it's in Atlanta (laughs) this year. It's the only one I know of. And uh, the last, it's the last time we got together as a community was actually May of 2019, which just blows my mind because the pandemic swooped in and canceled what was going to be a great event in in Austin. Which was um, going to be but, my first Engage for Good conference. And it still was, but it was virtual, which yeah. is great, but and not I'm as very, fun. I'm very proud of what we did and how we rallied and the, the and, 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 and the great participation that we had in those virtual events. But uh, having just returned from another event that we produced called the Peer-to-Peer Professional Forum, I will tell you that the excitement right now of being able to come together and physically see people uh, and talk to them and bond with them uh, is is immense, and it's 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 particularly interesting because in the past, engage for good has always been a great opportunity to meet other people from other organizations that you don't know. Right. This time around, it's the sort of the cherry on the top of that is you'll also probably see colleagues that you haven't physically been together with in two years. Or haven't even met in person if they joined your team during the pandemic. Absolutely. We we had that ourselves uh, in, in, mm-hmm. in just, just a month ago. So uh, this is happens to be also a very special milestone for us because this is the 20th anniversary of our first event. This is our 20th annual event. Woohoo! Uh, two had to be uh, virtual, but they count as well. And although we are very much dedicated to providing insight and practical information that'll help people be even more effective moving forward, 
we are going to take a little bit of time to sort of look back at where we have been, what we can learn from that experience, and how we can leverage that going forward as well. So the, the theme of this year's conference is looking back, looking ahead. So tell me a little bit about, I know what I'm excited about, but what are you most excited about for EFG 2022, given that this is the 20th time that you've run this conference? When I think back about what it was like the first time we produced this, it was at the Princeton. I want photos of this. I know we are, we are scouring the office trying to find, we have everything, <laughs> we have stuff from the second year, but I can't find anything yet from the first year. Maybe there are incriminating photos that I burned. I'm not quite oh, sure what, okay, what okay. the case could be. But one of the things that I have learned is that when we started, I thought it was my obligation to fill every single second that we were together with programming. And what I've learned over time was that it is my obligation as the convener to bring forth super people. And we I'll we'll talk about some of the amazing stuff that's going to be shared, but also to create some open space in which people can meet as well as sort of programmed space that makes it even easier for people to meet people from other organizations, companies to meet causes, causes to meet causes, suppliers to the industry who have so much thought leadership to share to meet one another. And I'm really excited that I think we are doing some innovative things this year mm -hmm. in terms of creating new content formats um, that are really going to work. One of those is that on the last day of the conference, we call these workshops and they are two hour segments, which in the era of the Ted talk sounds like an eternity. <laughs> sounds like a marathon. But what they are is themed sessions that are really designed to get people's hands dirty in terms of being involved with the subject matter and working together as well as being taught. And by having as part of that, also a working lunch in which you are dining and talking and working together. I think it's going to be a great uh, part of the conference in just uh, different people learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who don't only want to be lectured at, but actually want to be a part of the process will really appreciate that. And I like that a lot, too, because then when you're at these tables and you're actually in the workshop lunch part, you might be talking to somebody at your organization if you sit next to them, but you could be talking to somebody at a different organization and build a relationship with them. So it's a great opportunity to actually dive into the material, as you said, and make connections at the same time. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to it's going to work wonderfully well. One of the other things that I'm really appreciative of, um, and again, because I've been doing this for 20 years, is that, gosh, I, I wish I could say it's time to close down shop because all of the problems of the world have been taken care of. And <laughs> there's no, no That'd need be nice. for companies uh, to take on tasks of improving how they operate, what they focus on, how they give back. But one of the things that is amazing to me is when you look back at where we were 20 years ago, at that time, the, the, the term cause marketing was used all of the time. And almost everything that we focused on was how do you impress consumers and get them to pay some more attention to you? 
And I actually did a, a, a bit of research and looked at who the golden, the, who the halo winners were mm-hmm. 20 years ago. We have a, an annual competition for the halo awards where, in which different types of programs are entered and they compete in, in various categories. And 20 years ago, this was the domain of only companies adopting the safest topics. Breast cancer probably would be the most scandalous in that it involves cancer, which is a downer, and breasts, which is a private part. Mm-hmm. But by the time we had started, that barrier had been broken. But everything else was, you know, fighting. And these are all very valid causes and still very common causes for us. But it was exclusively hunger and safety, disease, acts of kindness, or uh, pet adoption. When you fast forward to where we are now, the agenda in terms of what causes are on people's uh, programs is tremendous and topics that are so important, but would not have even been uttered as a viable candidate for what a company was going to align themselves with are very prevalent. We are honoring, for example, the Trevor Project with our highest honor for a nonprofit, the Golden Halo Award for nonprofits. They are a crisis text line finding issues of mental health and suicide prevention for LGBTQ youth. Every one of those components, although worthy, of course, of attention 20 years ago. No one would have wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole. Exactly. Issues of, of, of sexuality didn't talk about. Issues of mental health. It's only really been in the last 10 years, and I would argue in the last five, and really since the pandemic, the last two, that mental health has really emerged as something that so many companies are now finally getting behind. And suicide prevention, which was a huge uh, problem, a crisis that's been with us forever, Again, was just so dark. Never talked about. Not talked about. And that is just one example of how uh, everyone who comes to engage for good will find uh, it interesting to hear how people in different places along the cause spectrum Mm here. If you work on hunger or education, uh, or, or quote unquote mainstream issues of long standing, you'll find tons of material. If what you're dealing with are issues that are, let us say, a little edgier, that are, uh, you will find all the, the presenter may not be presenting on your issue that you work on 24 seven, but if you open your mind a little bit to how they are taking on the challenges of communicating, creating programming, making a difference, you will find tremendous value uh, for your work. So what do you think are the top three or maybe three great reasons why people should attend? A close number one and number two, it kind of depends on what (laughs) one's goals are, uh, would be we take tremendous pains to make this a conference in which you will learn something. We have, we have great, great presenters, uh, but they are not ivory tower in terms of speaking in the very theoretical. And frankly, they're not 
most, nearly none would be folks who don't do the work that you do uh, as a practitioner in this area of corporate social impact, whether you're a business or a nonprofit. They will speak to you in terms of how we get it done, as opposed to just kind of handing you a press release of how wonderful everything that they ever touched was. So I think that there's a lot to learn. And then there's a lot to learn because we create opportunities for you to expand your networks. And networking sounds, you know, sort of like a Dale Carnegie course. Some people find don't, don't <laughs> like that word. And some people love it. But, and and but but it's truly uh, an opportunity. And and so many, it's you know, when I think about what I take pride in, uh, that we've done over the years, it's the note that I get they met somebody made a great friend. Mm-hmm. Somebody met somebody who eventually, not even necessarily working at the same place that they were working at, uh, at uh, when they first met, uh, that eventually they did a, 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 a some sort of, they created something together. Somebody may have met somebody and they hired them. So there was all sorts of personal connections that I just take great pride in. And I think that those are really the top two in terms of why I think you should come. You will learn and you will leave feeling that you are all the more part of a community of people who are trying to move in the same direction of creating some goodness in a very, very turbulent world. And you'll leave inspired. For sure. So what is different about this year's programming from past years? I know some things are the same, but what's different? We are certainly a product of the times that we live in. Very proud that we have several sessions on um, DEI or the acronym JEDI, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. It's so important. Sessions that are catering to the world that we inhabit and trying to figure out how to uh, incorporate this type of thinking into our work. That is something, of course, issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion have been a problem in this country for hundreds of years. But the last two years in the light of the George Floyd killings and all that came uh, after that, it has raised its profile and we as a community are dealing with that. Similarly, actually something, this is a scoop, Allie. This is one of your big scoops, which is we just are adding, as we speak, our people are working on it, uh, adding an emergency Ukraine summit mm-hmm. conference program. When we were organizing the program and releasing it about five months ago. This wasn't a thing. Ukraine existed, yes. Russia existed, but Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine. And so many companies and so many nonprofit organizations, even if they're not directly in what you would consider the traditional refugee aid business, are dealing with how do you try to alleviate the terrible suffering that this is causing. And unfortunately, we now have the time because it looks like this is going to last a long time. I was hoping that by the time the conference came about, there would be a peace settlement of some sort, and we'd be looking at sort of in the rear view mirror. Everybody's got to be thinking about what's their next step. Uh, and so for those folks who are particularly involved in that issue, I think that's that's going to be really exciting. So those are sort of content pieces 
that are really interesting and new and different and reflective of the fact that we are a very different organization dealing with different and expanded causes from where we were 20 years ago. The other one is a really fun one, <laughs> which is that we're going to a party. Somebody else is throwing us a big party in Woo-hoo. honor of our 20th and in honor of the great community of change makers that we are a part of. Coca-Cola uh, is on the night of the 18th holding a big reception for everybody at the conference at the world of Coca-Cola, which is supposed to be a a huge amount of fun. And it's just a short walk away from our hotel. Uh, going to be wonderful uh, food and beverage and activity. And an, again, an opportunity for us all to let our hair down a little bit, have some fun together. And, uh, and we've never had that kind of a generous outside uh, reception, uh, such as we're going to be holding on the 18th. So I'm excited about that too. I'm going to put on my well, I, I'm not going to put on my dancing shoes. No? Nobody wants to see that. And I don't, I don't think know. I might want to see that. That sounds yeah, like well, fun. That's, that's another image that we would quickly burn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of really fun and interesting and exciting things going on at EFG 2022, which is, as you know so well, three weeks away. Yes. And by the time this releases, we'll be a little bit closer. So two weeks at that point, but it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely not a countdown clock going on in my brain or in David's. Nope. No. Nope. And actually, you know, I'm just remembering there is so much going on that I've left out a, a new initiative that we're doing. Oh, I wasn't going to let you forget. Don't worry. Uh, Engage for Good is about to be 20. The other group that I'm so proud to be a, a part of is called the Peer to Peer Professional Forum. That is 16 years old. Well, I decided, you know, I didn't have enough to do. And so a few years, about a year and a half ago, I was doing research on employee, corporate employee matching gifts. There are literally billions of dollars that are offered to people who work for many, many companies in this country um, that uh, if, if an employee will give and then fill out the paperwork in some cases or do it online they will match them, sometimes even do a multiple match of what they give up to a certain amount. And I I started to do this research because I am the person when somebody offers me free money, I get it right away. But yet again, there is proof that I am an oddball because (laughs) the the, the most commonly quoted figure is that only 10% of the people who are eligible for this. Which is so low. So, so low. And I've interviewed dozens of companies and some of them are in the 20% area, some are in the 30% area, but it is just so low compared. So they're a little compared to what it could be. So we are holding the inaugural boost matching conference full day on May 17th, bringing together companies nonprofit organizations and the platforms and consultants that work with these folks to try to unleash this funding uh, for the greater Increase good. Increase that 10% to a whole lot more. Right. And create for businesses. I mean, the businesses do this out of goodness, but primarily, I think, because it's an HR benefit. They want people to be attracted to their company. They want people to be inspired and feel appreciated. They want to uh, create a large amount of engagement. 
uh, the nonprofits, of course, want to have this money matched so that they can do their work. And the platform companies uh, that uh, service sort of the intermediaries want their platforms to be used in a good way. So it's going to be fascinating. And I encourage anybody who's in that field to check out boostmatching.com because that's, that's, our, that's our, our startup. And we'll include that link and everything Engage for Good related in the show notes as well, which you can find at engageforgood.com. So if I'm attending the conference and maybe it's my first time going or I've been a few times, but haven't been in a few years because it's been virtual, what advice do you have for making the most out of your conference experience? So I think that the most important thing to keep in mind is a an attitude of go for it. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're all so out of practice in terms of being at physical events. So that's going to be an interesting uh, phenomenon for all of us. But there will be a moment in which you have, you see somebody that you would like to meet and you can either step back, mm-hmm. not do it, or go for it. Now, I don't want people, uh, and honestly, this can be a problem. This is not a, a show in which you are running up to people and going, I've got something to sell you and let's have a sales meeting right now. Not pitching. That will turn people off and that's not what, what the intention is, is for. But it is an opportunity to meet people at other organizations and, and, and go for it. Similarly, we build into our programming a lot of opportunity for Q&A or for activity. Be an active part of those conversations as well. The more you put into it and the more kindness that you express to others who uh, are, are, are trying to break the ice, uh, the more y- you will get out of it personally and we will all benefit from it. And, and, and I think the more fun you will have. I think that's a great list. One other that I would add is it is really hard sometimes to unplug from work and to show up and be present. But you're surrounded by this group of incredible people across all different industries at different levels with different ideas. And you're going to get the most out of it if you're actually present. So close the computer down, put your phone in your pocket, whatever it might be, but hang out and participate. And it's going to be great. That's very, very good advice. Uh, Be present. Uh, We've got a super, super celebration of the good that we can do in the world, a serious conversation about what are some of the impediments that we have and really wise people who've been in your shoes in many cases. Mm -hmm. And by sharing with one another, uh, we can get out of our silos a bit, learn from one another uh, and achieve even greater things in in the year ahead. And I'm psyched to be together with everybody in, in Atlanta. Me too. Any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh my gosh. You've known me for three, three years, Allie. I don't know that I have any words of wisdom, um, but uh, this is a season in which, um, gosh, we've endured so much over the last two years. And I am very thankful for 
the opportunities that we've had to continue to communicate the new techniques, such as creating mastermind groups for some of our uh, our members, all of those uh, opportunities to uh, to bond because the pandemic uh, caused us to to go inward. I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to maintain and benefit from keeping the best of that. Um, but I'm wishing everybody uh, a sort of a liberation over the next few weeks that we will continue to feel freer to be together and to enjoy one another's company and, and, and make good things happen in that way. Um, there are some people who say they never want to go back to the office. Of course, I've been living at the office in the sense <laughs> for the last uh, 20 years, but I, uh, I, I am a big promoter of the importance of getting together and, and being able to focus on the task at hand and working uh, together uh, physically as well as uh, virtually. And I, I hope everybody will I- I embrace that spirit. Well, in the spirit of coming together, we hope that all of you who are listening come and join us in Atlanta, May 17th through 19th at Engage for Good. David, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's been great to be here. Thank you, Allie. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us. And you can find full show notes at engageforgood.com. See you soon. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Marshall Usinger and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.